Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. So here we are together in the same room. And it's not my room. It's no. your room. It is my room. It's at my dining room table that actually acts as my um, in-home in desk. Yeah, it's our first time here. I had to drive seven hours for another thing, and I thought, oh, well, this is close enough. Make a pit stop. It is close enough. Well, it's far closer than Kirksville anyway, right? That's true. <laughs> so so we're pretty excited to be together in the same place. I actually was pretty excited to show Amanda uh, Manitowoc. Um, and frustratingly, she doesn't get to stay here very long. It's a very quick turnaround. But we got to see all the highlights. Yeah, like there's the, a, a the lot big, of big things. A lot of big things. A lot, big cow, anchors. A, a, a dauber. A lot of big chairs. Yeah, big chairs. Yeah, big beach chairs. Yep. Well, you got to take pictures by the lake. That's the thing. Yeah. You get in the chair. Because the chair is so big that what kind what kind of lake picture do you get behind the chair? That's what I want to know. Well, but the, the chair is facing the wrong way. Well, no. The idea is that you're sitting in the chair. Somebody's got you in the picture, and then you have the the oh. lake behind you. It's not to watch the lake. It's gotcha. to take a picture with that the makes... lake behind you. Well, okay, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it. That sounds like a rich dumb person thing, but I get the con- <laughs> I get the concept. And the big badger. Yeah, down by the down by the lake. I'm telling you, Manitowoc's a cool place. You should all come. It is, and several, and and it's right next door to the birthplace of the ice cream sundae. So if that is not worth visiting, it's totally worth visiting. They make some good ice cream sundaes, and the big cow place has, makes their own ice cream too. Yeah, and their own ice. Manitowoc's got it all. Yep, we're a pretty cool place. World War II submarine. Yeah, that's a B and B, guys. So you could come. And then you could visit uh, Captain, no, Captain now, Captain. Jenny. Yeah, we're captains At, at the Salvation Army Manitowoc. So you go stay at the, the World War II submarine, B&B, and then you can visit the Salvation Army in Manitowoc. Thanks for the plug. You're welcome. It was good. I, I will be billing shortly. <laughs> That's good. <for> my... <laughs> That's right. The check's in the mail <laughs> to the wrong house. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, so yeah, well, how, so how does it feel to be a captain? Uh, exactly the same. That's what I thought too. Except for now, my fingers hurt pushing the little stars through my uh, <laughs> through my uniform boards because uh, not in the familiar Salvation Army world. On your uniform, you get a one star if you're a lieutenant, and you get double stars if you're a captain. So, but you have to like push them through this little cardboard thing on your tunic, and I didn't have the tools, so I just had to use my own sheer force, which blistered my fingers. So there's pain in my captaincy. Already, already started. Came with day came one. with came with tears. <laughs> You know, they make, yeah, they definitely make a tool for that. Yeah, no. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> Sheer force, huh? Yep. Yeah, I think I'm going to use tools <laughs> to make that easier. That's why you're the brains of this operation. <laughs> I think there's a spiritual truth to this. <laughs> Having the right tools for the job. Oh, uh, yeah. That saves you the tears. See? It does save, and the pain. And the pain. <laughs> That's still lingering even in today. Do I need to get you an ice pack or something? I mean, I'll survive. All right. <laughs> Whew. Well, with that um, fantabulous intro, uh, as you can tell, we're, we uh, we enjoy each other's company, and we've had a, a really good evening, and she is slap happy because she drove seven hours, and I, I can empathize with that because usually I'm the one driving to her house. So, um, But we are working uh, diligently through this emotionally healthy spirituality, and we come to chapter four. Which is the journey through the wall. Right. And as we said last uh, time, uh, this is, you know, I've done this course uh, several times. And this is really the chapter that kind of, I mean, it's a journey through. Like some people don't really make it past this point. Um, I don't know. But 
we'll get through why, I guess. Yeah. Well, what what is this wall that he's talking about? So I actually much prefer um, kind of what the ancients called it, the dark night of the soul. Um, mm. Mostly just because that sounds more metal. I want to kind of get like tattooed <laughs> on myself or at least on a cool... Dark night of the soul. The dark night of the you know, pers- you know, persevering through the dark night of the soul. But uh, <laughs> what it... <laughs> Good when that yeah see wouldn't that be cool um sure i'm making a band i'm not making a t-shirt okay we have to get good we get already got to get crooked on a t-shirt yeah, something like that i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll or misfit up. messengers we didn't even make those t-shirts either we got to get a line we got a merch line okay anyway but <laughs> but essentially what what this is is kind of um it is fig like you can't really this is this is kind of what they say. What what's Pizzagero and other um, experts on this say? You can't really be a full follower of Christ if you haven't wrestled for her with the hard stuff. Mm. There are things um, in faith that are difficult, and they bring up difficult emotions. They bring up pain and, um, you know, history. We talked about. Um, going back to go forward that's part of it but it's saying i i can't have the anybody else's faith i have to have my own i have to wrestle with the hard questions i have to wrestle with doubt in order to get to the trueness fullness of faith and you can't do that if you're not being honest and so this dark night of the soul is kind of that almost like a when jacob wrestled mm-hmm. um the yeah. angel of the lord yeah right um it, it's that kind of thing you have to wrestle with the things of God, you have to ask hard questions. You have to take a very honest look of yourself and your sin. Not everyone's favorite thing to do, right? <laughs> I am a sinner who needs God's grace. I am doomed and dead without it. Mm-hmm. Now we say that, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a sinner. Yeah. But a lot of people walk around with the assumption that they're mostly good. Right. And, um, I, I, Spoiler alert, I guess. Um, You're not. Nobody is. Um, I recently heard uh, a great uh, answer to the question of why doesn't God just get rid of all evil, right? Why doesn't God, why does God heal some, not heal others? Why does he keep some people from experiencing uh, pain in life and other people, they go through pain, right? Why does it not seem fair across the board? Right. Um, But in order to get rid of evil in the world... You have to get rid of evildoers, which is everyone. Correct. Right. <laughs> right. But literally, it, literally. So so the dark night of the soul or the um, the wall is being faced with the full weight of yours and humanity's sin. Mm. It's a it's like a wall in front of you, right? Yeah. yeah. And for many it is impenetrable. It is most people they either diminish it, it's not a big deal. Or they get swallowed by it, mm-hmm. or they lay in defeat of it. And so what are the tools needed to get over that? And it's also not a one-time wall. Yeah, you can have, you can have multiple walls. Well, I think of wall and dark night of the soul as, as a crisis of faith. Like right. something, something catastrophic can happen. And sometimes it's not even catastrophic, but you have this moment. Mm-hmm. And it could, it could have a thousand causes, Right. Could be mm-hmm. something catastrophically happens in your life. Could just be that you heard a sermon or you heard, you read something in a book or, mm-hmm. or the Holy Spirit just grabbed a hold of you one night and you have this, this moment 
where the reality of sin, the reality of life with Jesus mm-hmm. kind of catches up with you. Right. And it doesn't become face value anymore. It's a, it's a make or break time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So uh, Pete Scazzaro talks about seasons in this um, or stages. Yeah. I'm all about seasons. Yeah. Cause life, life works in seasons. It's right. Uh, you know, and so, so you think back, you know, so I, I like to talk to my, to my folks. Um, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place with my thoughts, but about like, do you ever wonder how old crotchety Christians got to be that way? You know what I mean? Like the old. Well, sometimes, cause it usually wasn't, it's not like they woke up one day and, yeah. and were like, did that. Right. 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 It's a, <laughs> a series of choices, likely series of events, series, series of experiences that is that are unresolved yes yeah and because, they get embittered because like you know when you when people first come to faith they're usually exuberant and excited and yeah um so want to tell the whole world so uh that movie jesus jesus uh revolution came okay. out okay right did you see it no it's all about the the 1960s 70s wake of the jesus jesus, jesus movement. freak movement you know so kind of um away with uh with the suits and ties and the rig, rig, you know rigidity that's not the word Rigid. Rigidness. Rigidity? Rigidity. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking You're for. Very uh, of um of what church meant, you know? Yeah. And just come as you are. Mm-hmm. Just come as you are and be at the feet of Jesus. Right? So we were talking about well, how did those people who started out in that movement end up adopting the same practices that they were rebelling against when they were young, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially, right? Yeah. And, um, well, uh, it's, it's not overnight, right? Right. People don't, no one wakes up to think, oh, I wonder who I can be a jerk to today. I wonder who I can, you know, scare away from the throne of heaven. Like people just don't, but they, but there are people who are like that. There are old crotchety biddies that just, (laughs) I feel like their main purpose of waking up to go to church in the morning is just to see who they can make cry. I don't know. Like they (laughs) have an argument with or, or prove that they're right with or, or show that, they're less of a sinner than them or whatever. Right. But again, it's this unresolved stuff. They have not journeyed through the wall of faith. They have not come to the real of this is for real. Mm -hmm. God is for real. Heaven and hell are for real. And what is my response to it? Right. Well, I think each stage of maturity in Christ so you have that, and you can have that initial wall. And for some people, they get through that initial mm-hmm. wall. They they uh, come to a deeper level of faith. But I think God, because it kind of works circularly mm-hmm. in the sense that you come back to a wall, it won't be the same wall, mm-hmm. right? Because you cross the first one. But let's say you know you have a second crisis mm-hmm. in your life that causes you to have to go even deeper than you've already gone. Right. Maybe that first wall of acknowledging that you're you're sinful, that the world is sinful, that Jesus is real, that heaven and hell are real, that you came to terms with all of that. But now you're trying to come to terms with what does it mean to follow Jesus with everything that I am? Right. And we had, a, we had those initial wall as well. Yeah. You know, in our intellect, right? In our, does it make logical sense? We both right. had that same wall. Right. Um, and I heard this explained a great way. Um, kind of if you picture um, like a slide, a swirly slide. Okay. Or a tornado, but that's a little more gruesome, right? 
So if just you're, a little aggressive. So yeah. imagine like you are trying to get it's a corkscrew. A corkscrew, right? You're trying to get to this beautiful um, pool underneath, and you are whatever thirty stories tall, and uh, there's a swirly slide, right? Well, uh, what would happen if you just tried to jump off of your platform and get to the pool? Wouldn't end very. Well. It would not end well for you, right? <laughs> You'd reach it, but it would do a lot of damage to you and possibly end you, right? Right. So you have to go down these series of swoops, right? Well, let's imagine at each swoop as a stopping point, right? Mm-hmm. Or another platform to get down. So you're getting down gradually, but you're going to a deeper level to where you want to get. Right. Right, because if you just jumped off... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so every... But every up, every wall... Every crisis, every, I'm not sure this makes sense anymore. I don't know what to do with this information. I've been hurt. Um, uh, something has happened. Somebody has died. Somebody, um, the, the, the plans I thought God was leading me for haven't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this, this text I'm reading doesn't match up with what I think is my worldview. And so whatever, uh, any mm-hmm. of those things is an opportunity for God to bring us deeper and closer to the goal that he has for who we are. But he, he unlearns, or like, you know, the philosopher donkey in Shrek, right? Yes. Like, uh, um, peeling back the, the layers, the onions. The onions, yeah. Yeah. We're, or we're, a parfait, because everybody loves parfaits. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Right? Um, we have layers, and our spirituality has layers, too. Um, and, and they look different for everybody. And, and the problem comes sometimes is when we try to put a blanket of, oh, you're just going through this because of that and, and a linear thing. But, well, when we try to explain it away, right. right, that doesn't help either. If we diminish the power that it's supposed to have, right, it's okay to acknowledge that you don't understand and you aren't sure what's going on and you um, don't have all the answers. It's it's very healthy to see. Now, I was, I was reading a book right now and it talks about one of the things that is mentioned is um, we we look without seeing. Hmm. And so if you can't see the truth that's in front of you, if you can't see the reality like that's mm-hmm. in front of you, if you keep ignoring the reality or rose-colored glasses the reality or fill in the blank, then you can't address whatever the thing is. Right. I, I recently watched a TED Talk actually about toxic positivity. Toxic positivity? Yeah. So it's when you... Uh... Are always happy no matter what the circumstances are? Yeah, or you attempt to always be. You try to diminish hard things by putting a positive spin. Ah. Um, Which. Silver lining on everything. Everything. Yeah, everything. You know, and uh, our uh, our Pollyanna, Pollyanna, uh, no, nothing wrong with Polly. But I mean, if you live your whole life that way, then uh, (laughs) like you need to deal with hard stuff sometimes. Yeah. And uh, if you, if you just push it away because you, because we, because we think it's more spiritual to feel happy than any of the other things right uh, and totally negate all of the emotions of of the patriarchs of scripture right um, because we think one is more holy then we're just kind of really missing out on a lot of invitations right and i think that's how we get old nasty biddies is that they tried to be fake happy right for a while and then people get really bitter yeah and hurt and then they're just like well you can get jaded or cynical yeah, yeah. and that's it's a really sad thing. And, it, and how do you stop it from happening to you, you know? Right. Well, again, I think it's seeing reality for what reality is. Mm-hmm. And acknowledging if you feel emotions, first of all. And and to understand that not all, like, we, we put emotions in positive and negative categories, mm-hmm. right? And the reality is you can sin 
in any sort of emotion, whether you classify it quote unquote negative or positive. Mm. But if you acknowledge anger, fear, loneliness, depression, all of those should be acknowledged. There's nothing necessarily inherently negative about those things. Um, we'd rather not feel them most of mm-hmm. the time. And usually they're a result of something in our own um, life that's not being met. Mm-hmm. And so if you can feel those emotions and dig down a little bit to determine what's the cause of that emotion, that's going to help you a thousand times than just to push the emotion away and say, this isn't helpful right now. I need to, yeah. I need to, I need to be happy. That's so good to read when you read the Psalms too, because David lays out getting through a wall. Yeah. And I can't think of. Are you talking about any, 51? Right. Maybe. Let's find out. There's a handy dandy Bible right next to me, but he does, he lays out, um, you can read it. You can read the journey through the wall. Well, 51 is the one where he is, um, praying Lord have mercy on me because he sinned with yeah. Bathsheba. Okay. Yeah. That's is a that good what one. you're talking about. Well, many, many Psalms have Well, there's it. lots of, yeah, there's lots of Psalms. But let's just go through Psalm 51. That's a perfect one. Okay. Right. So he says, you know, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Have great, um, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, walk away from my iniquities. So he's saying, this is a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I messed up. I please, messed up. I know my, I know my transgressions. I was sinful at birth, uh, sinful from the time of my mother's conception. You know me. Um, so he's saying, um. Cleanse me, right? He's going to the cross. He's saying, cleanse me with hyssop. Make me whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in me. I think there's a song. Right, and there's probably a song about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, there is. Uh, Actually, these are songs, which is so funny. If you imagine, David wrote a worship song for church about his adultery. He did. Absolutely. And we sing. We we sing sing part of it. And we sing it. Um, But you see, so he's sitting there, and he he is in just a state of it. You can almost just... I see him like on his knees, just like, just wailing out to God, like, oh, woe is me, Mm -hmm. a sinner, right? Right. And he's saying, God, do something in me, right? And then he goes on, though, then say, because afterwards, I will teach transgressors your ways. I'm going to um, save me, God, and I'm going to use my my mouth for righteousness, Mm -hmm. right? He does it other times, too, where he's... uh, um, Psalm 64, I just turned to it. Hear God, as I voice my complaint, you know, protect me from the enemies of my life, shoot them down with arrows, you know, um, make, give, make them an ambush. So he, in this, right. What are you, what are you hearing? Did I hear anger? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. All of mankind are going to fear your name, God. You're going to blot them from the earth. <laughs> You're going to smash them against the rocks, you know, but then, you know, what else you got? He goes in, let the, 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 righteous rejoice i'm going to take refuge in god right yeah he's he's working through the thing whatever the thing is he has happy and sad and tragic and angry well i think of um i talked about i think i talked about it on the podcast my one of my favorite psalms is psalm 73 it's not of david it's of asaph but he talks about how the wealthy and the evildoers are the ones who prosper and gosh darn it why have i kept myself pure (laughs) this is worthless this is pointless he's i mean Psalm 73, verse 13. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. Because all day day. long I've been plagued and punished every day. Right. But then he says, 
uh, when I tried to understand this, it was oppressive to me. Can you imagine t- telling yeah, that's God? That's the dark night of the soul. You're being oppressive to me, right? And he says, until I entered the sanctuary of God. Mm-hmm. Then I understood their final destiny. And the, the, the thing is, God is big enough to handle every single emotion that we're going to have. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to feel them. It's not okay to wallow in them. Right. Not permanently. You can't, right. you can't, you know. That's when people get stuck at the wall. Correct. They, and they just, it overtakes them. They, right. They, they can't journey through. They can't look at things with clear eyes. They just are just stuck there. It just breaks them. Right. Right. But, but just know if, if God is bringing you to a wall, he's giving you the tools you need to, to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, I, I actually like to look at this a little bit through the lens of pride as well. Pride, as we know, is the chief, sin, like the sin that begets all other sins. Right. Um, I, and pride is, I don't need God. I can do it on my own. Right. And when we refuse to acknowledge, right now sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this thing. This thing is confusing to me. I don't know why X, Y, Z is happening. I don't mm-hmm. understand it. I don't feel you, God, in this. Mm-hmm. It seems like everyone around me is is after me. It seems like I might as well give up because nobody cares anyway. People have been there. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't honestly, if you try to stuff it because you think it's more spiritual to pretend like you're not feeling that way, uh, that's a pride issue. Yeah. And that will be, uh, that'll be the undoing. Right. When you say, I can deal with these emotions on my own and I don't need God. Even if you mean it from a place that you think is beneficial. Sure. Like, it's not that I don't need God. It's that I need, God needs me to clean myself up better. Right. He's busy. Well, not only that, but, but I should know better. Well. God, God shouldn't love me. I got to fix this about me before God can love me. Mm-hmm. No Which friends. is just bad theology. Correct. It's, it's really bad theology. <laughs> At the same time, God doesn't want us to say where we are, and that's why he sends his Holy Spirit to give us guidance if we were to listen to the Holy Spirit. Hmm. But in his book, he talks about um, kind of the, what happens on the other side if you do overcome that wall. And it can be over... I mean, the dark night of the soul, that wall can... It's not like it happens and two seconds later you're like, oh, right. I just hurdled the wall. We're good to go. Right. Right? Or like the valley of the shadow of death, right? This dark night of the soul is not necessarily just one night. Right. It could be months. It could be years. Think about how long Abraham had to well, wait and Saint, before the ch- the child was born, right? St. John of the Cross, who wrote the book, The Dark right. Night of the Soul, this was like 30 years <laughs> for him. Like, it was a long, a long time of wrestling with doubt. Right. Before he came to, you know, clarity yeah. of, uh, of faith. And, but, but that's what this, this, this journey that we're on of faith isn't a, all right, check, check that mark. Okay. Check that mark. I'm, I'm good. You know, it's a relate. That's what a relationship with God is. It's Mm -hmm. being with us when we're in the Valley of the shadow of death. He is with us in the, in the, what I love about that Psalm 23, um, when I'm, and I know we talked already, but he's with us. But what, one of the things about being in the dark is you can't see him. Yeah. But I know that he's there. Right. And that's where you have to say, Lord, I don't, I don't feel you. I don't hear you. It doesn't, when you're feeling that way, it doesn't mean you're a bad Christian and Mm -hmm. you should feel bad about you. It's actually an invitation that you are leaving the level that you're on into an invitation of something deeper. Yeah. Right. 
and that's actually like when you can when you learn to recognize those things think oh this doubt i'm feeling or uncertainty or fear or whatever mm-hmm. or guilt about something that i've never felt guilty about before mm. uh that's a that's one for me right like yeah um reveal a certain um things in me right and then that that have never bothered me before yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and then i'm like actually recently i was dealing with that with my uh, joking sarcasm that can mm. be sometimes hurtful for to people yeah inadvertently because i really aim to be really funny in a lot of situations and i sometimes can do so at the expense of people that i love yeah and so recent actually very recently this was pointed out to me mm-hmm. um and at first i felt like oh well I've always done that, and it's never seemed to bother you before. Right, 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 right. But it's an invitation to be for me to be a better person. But I'm learning, like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. I wasn't at the place maybe before to receive that, mm-hmm. to be but able you, to work on it. Right, but you could also poo-poo that away. I could have right? been like, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm hilarious, and whatever that story I told is hilarious. But... Right, and just caused more right friction. More yeah. Between that person and you, but then also within your own heart. Right. Like, how dare she question that? Yeah. That there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's not a that. Show me the show me the the verse that right. I can't. Right. You know, be hilarious or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but nobody it doesn't say the scripture doesn't say sarcasm's a sin. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not in so many words. Not in <laughs> so many words. But you know, but it was an invitation for me to say, oh, I'm being brought maybe into a a deeper place, mm-hmm. right? A more mindful place. Yeah. Of my words and actions yeah. and things that I couldn't receive before. But right. the Holy Spirit said, These are this is one of those moments. This is this is a wall moment to get over yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> for the sake of relationship. Right. And calling me into somewhere deeper that I probably couldn't have received last year or the year before, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think too that you can have when you're kind of up against a wall. And you don't, you're not dealing with it well, mm. that certain bad habits can suddenly appear that weren't ever a thing before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That could be one. Where you're like, this was never a thing, and now it's a thing. And probably, well, no, I wouldn't say probably. Sometimes it can be because you're at a wall that you're stuck at. Mm-hmm. And so then you need to just take a good, hard, long look at reality and figure out, hey, what's the what's this wall that I'm coming against that's causing these actions, behaviors, decisions that are maybe unhelpful hmm. or unhealthy or sinful, downright sinful. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's an easy thing. It takes humility, especially if it's something that you need to ask for help about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's not fun. Yeah, this is the part that's not fun. Like, like at all. <laughs> this, this is the part where you, it's really helpful to have someone close enough to you, friend-wise, to, that they could maybe point it out, mm-hmm. or that you could go to them and ask or talk to them and admit to things and work through it together and pray and all of those things that are why we are built in community. Right. Just like uh, Nathan with David and the Bathsheba thing. Exactly. He had a guy who just said, uh, yeah, you hey, messed up. Hey David, you hey, did this hey, thing. Hey, guess what? 
Uh, should, shouldn't have done the thing, David. <laughs> right. And here's the consequence. Right? There's still consequences. Absolutely. Right. And, th- and there needs to be. Um, it It's painful. But it's also, um, you know, so he talks about this greater level of brokenness. And I, I think that there's a benefit to brokenness. Mm. In, Again, back to that pride. Yeah. In the sense of humility, but also in the sense of broken our our own brokenness can help us be empathetic to those who are also broken right and i think the bible says something about being made he's made perfect in our weakness yeah i think paul wrote that yeah that sounds like and paul knew about the the white you can actually he uses paul as an example of Mm -hmm. of his wall right paul um his story when he was saul start out he really truly honestly thought he was serving god absolutely 100 percent. 1000 percent was very clear in his conviction that followers of jesus were a cult that they were leading people away from the kingdom of heaven that they were bad and and um, blasphemers and had to be stopped for the good of humanity <laughs> right absolutely and he was 1000 percent so sure of this he was killing people and throwing people in prison because he really thought he was on the right side of history um but until the Damascus Road, when he actually is confronted with the trueness of Christ, who's saying, "Why? What are you doing?" Right. That he truly realizes what he could truly face himself for who he really was—a murdering psychopath. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think I've ever heard it couched in those terms before. But all right. <laughs> well, he and and it and and it, it crippled him. It did. Right. He's like. In some alley, like, he makes his way to the masses blind. He's, like, crouched in some alleyway. Just, like, everything he thought he knew about God, about himself, about the world has been shattered. Yep. <laughs> and he's just, he's he's just done, right? And uh, until um, Joseph of, uh, no, not Joseph. Um, Ananias. Ananias. Why am I thinking of Joseph Arimathea? <laughs> That's... Before. Wrong, wrong story. <laughs> Sorry. Wrong story. Ananias. It was the A thing that got me mixed yep, up. Yep. Um, it was um, Ananias comes and Ananias had to deal with his own wall too. Because Absolutely. God tells him, hey, go find the murdering psychopath and like bring him into your house. Uh, a pardon. <laughs> right? So. You want me to do what? I'm um, sorry. What? I just would love. I just would love to be there anyway for that exchange. Uh, <laughs> It's awkward for everybody. Just the tension alone. Right. You can just imagine. <laughs> so, like, you do know who this guy is, right, God? Because, like, I'm pretty sure. Or, like, sure. Ananias going to his wife and be like, so what happened was, <laughs> this is all, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, but they both had to deal with their worldviews, right, and, 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 and get through it, right, which, to the, what a benefit. Yeah. To the kingdom of heaven, right? Absolutely. When, um, when Saul went to the Greeks and changes name to the Greek version of, of that, which is Paul, and wrote most of the New Testament. <laughs> Indeed. And, uh, but, it, but it was at that wall. He was confronted with who he really was. Yeah. Um, and he allowed that to be broken to become who God actually needed him to be. Yeah. And uh, he's doing that for us, you know? Indeed. Um, and I love... Uh, I love at the when it started talking about what Pete Cazero started talking about. Um, when you go through the wall and you kind of get a more real sense of who God is, not just what people have told you, a real sense of who you are, 
you also kind of become more okay with the mysteries of God. Absolutely. Now, our Western linear Greek archetype we really hate, thinkers, we hate mystery. Hate mystery. No. Hate mystery. Think about magicians. You just spend the whole time trying to figure out how they did it. Right. Because it's a trick. Right. Now, my husband likes to watch movies that don't have endings. Um, so kind of like... Movies always have endings. What are you talking no, about? No, not those like weird avant-garde... <laughs> French, whatever, noir, <laughs> nonsense movies. Anyway. Um, and so he really he really enjoys movies that just, like, start in the middle of, like, nowhere and, like, nothing happens and then it's over. I don't, I don't get, I'm not, I don't get it. That doesn't make any sense. I'll have to show you one one day because you're like, what is, what is. <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't it's even. Like, a... It's like you just start, you're, like, at a cafe in Paris and they're, like, eating some soup and then they, like, go on a walk in the woods and then. They were like, I love you. I don't love you. And then they like leave and then they come back and they're like, I guess I love you. And then um, they're like, let's go eat some soup. And then they're just eating soup again. And then that's the end of the movie. So anyway. Like that is a, okay. It's just a different style. Okay. A different style of movie. I don't know. I hate them though, because I like, I like an open air. I like a conflict. I like a resolution (laughs) and I like to be done. Right. That's how my brain works. You got to have the crescendoing music. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. You have, you have, you, you meet the characters. Right. Uh, the characters have a problem. Yep. The characters uh, fight or fight over the problem. Right. Right. Then they come back together. Yep. Then they solve the problem. Then the problem is done, and then everyone's happy. It's glorious conclusion. Glorious. Great. But happy ending. That's a very uh, Greek mindset, Western <laughs> yes way of thinking. Um, that not everyone in the world has. So I, I can show you some movies where I'm that sure. Happen. I'm sure you can. I'm, uh, <laughs> I. I your husband has a very eclectic. He does. Uh, he does. And taste. I try to watch, but the Bible, the mysteries of God, don't work in that fashion. There are mysteries of the universe. Utterly, mis- like um, you can't solve them. Yes, and you and you'll just die trying. Like you just can't. And people have tried. Correct. Um, like you know, for, like the Trinity is a mystery. Um, uh, the duality of Christ is a mystery. Yeah. Um. Uh, justification and, and how or how the cross works in general actually super mysterious super mysterious there's all these different theories about how you know it does work well it says it works in scripture right. so. but there's all these different theories, theories out there about in what way does it work now for me as though that's important as though, like as yeah but people want to figure people we well, we want yeah. our brains we want to figure out the why, like how, the how of the oh, why. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But there are some mis- But but part of when you go through the dark, you just know that you kind of just learn to embrace a little bit more mystery, right? And being okay that God is God. Yeah, and we're not. And we're not. And like being okay with it, right? That He is, you know, incomprehensible. That, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what more to say on that. Well, uh, and I, I agree wholeheartedly where the, this concept that the more I know about God, the more I realize I don't know about God. Yeah. Yeah. Just like it, it, the same thing happens with in, like knowledge in general, right? The more books you read, the more information you gather, the mm-hmm. more you realize is out there that you just don't know, even right. if you're filling up your head. That's what they say is the truest sign of maturity. You know, because like when you're like 16, you know everything in the whole world and everyone's stupid but you. Correct. And potentially your friends. Right. <laughs> but uh, as you know, the, one of the signs of maturity is when you start to realize I don't what I don't know. Yeah. And then even more maturity is finding people around to fill in the gaps that you don't know. Right. That's like the highest like level. So 
yeah. versus recognizing what I don't know. And then the other one is inviting people onto your team that do know what you don't know and not being afraid of their knowledge. Right. Well, that's, if you're the smartest person in the room, they always say, find a different room. Right. Right. So, I mean, there are times in your life, you might be the smartest person in the room, but it also could be your pride well, saying you're the you smartest. You might be the smartest person <laughs> in the room. <laughs> but maturity also says that there are different types of intelligence. True. Right. There's different types of knowing. <laughs> um, and, and spiritual knowing is different than book knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where, as you get deeper and you hit more of those walls with the corkscrew, with the spiral, mm-hmm. that you'll find that the deeper you go, and I, I, I have not arrived. You have not arrived. <laughs> no. Um, but even the, even in the growing that I've done in the last, let's say, five years, I didn't. You know, I, I, now I know there's so mm-hmm. much more that I don't know that I didn't know that I didn't know. Well, if you go back way before when I talked about that guy Jerry from my dad's yeah, church, absolutely. right? Yeah. He was just a simple guy. Yeah. Right. And very unassuming guy. But he yeah. had a knowledge yeah. that many when this lifetime will never attain. Right. Like a knowledge about the humanity. Right. And how to reach people's hearts. Yeah. That was not evident until after he passed. How many, how, how far. I don't even think he probably even knew. Probably not. You know. Sometimes God does that as a blessing to us. Well, that's true. So we don't believe our own height. <laughs> Which ends badly every time that it does. happens. It does. It does. It does. But I think the, the the closer you get, the deeper you get with the Lord. I, w- I don't want to say closer necessarily because he, you know, he doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He promises that in, our, in the word. But the deeper we get in relationship to him, the more the little things kind of fall away mm. or our agenda follow, falls away, you know, where we can just... Be like, you know what, God, your agenda, your time, you just let me know when. Mm-hmm. Help me help me to recognize when, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you stop trying to push. Yeah. Yeah, what does it say? Cease your striving. Right on the Lord, right? Yeah. That's really yeah. like... Be still and know. Be st- yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, be still and know. And and that's a lot of part of this uh, this going through the wall is, is knowing... You will fail. It's not. It's not a matter of if I will fight. It, you will. Yeah. Um. If you're headed in the right direction with Christ. Yeah. Um. But just wait to know like this could be an inv- your invitation. Yeah. Um. Don't give up. Uh. God doesn't follow our timelines. Oh. <laughs> Thank um, God for that. Because I think I think we get even worse with our impatience if He followed our timelines. Uh, yes. Because we just want it faster and faster and faster. But when you when you learn to recognize these things as invitations of God, yeah, instead of as hurdles to faith, that this is a necessary season of faith. Yeah. Right. That when we're, we're talking about those seasons, we get excited about God. We get in a steady flow with God. Um, we start to um, maybe share that with other people. Boom, wall, right? Yeah. And we get through it. You know what happens on the other side? A renewed sense of vision and purpose and dreaming. And we go right back, right? And to know that that's a perfectly natural, normal, I call it almost like the puberty of spiritual life, right? Like the awkward, weird time that no one wants to talk about or go through, but we all have to in order to achieve maturity of body and mind. The problem is that in the spiritual world, it happens multiple times. Well, I still say some people actually have a... Second puberty? Sure. And their awkwardness. Well, some people are just awkward all the time. Well, that's true. 
Like their entire life is awkward. And I would actually put it around 32. Anyway, we can talk about that in a whole other time. <laughs> I think we're And then getting... another one maybe at 55. What? what? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Amanda Season. has all the theories about the seasons of life. <laughs> Multiple puberties, friends. Um, don't sure what the per- puberty happens at those ages. Anyway, um, I think it's time. I think we need to just call it and say, I'm, I'm cutting this off. I'm cutting this off. No, but seriously, friends, if you find yourself at a wall, understand that, that one, that's an okay place to be. It's probably a very healthy place to be. Um, and understand that God is not leaving you or forsaking you. He's going to help you through. He's going to walk you, walk along with you. The, the kicker is to see life for what it is, to feel your feelings, to process what is going on in your world. Find a friend to come alongside and can point out things or, or even just listen, you know, or ask those introspective questions that are awkward, but you ask them anyway. Right. You've done that to me a few times. (laughs) Like, don't ask me that question. I don't want to answer that question right now, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, it's, it can, if you can get through the wall, if you can get through that dark night of the soul, um, you'll find a much deeper relationship with the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe you got through one wall and you're at a second wall. And if evidence has shown you already in your life, you got through the first one. Mm-hmm. So you can get through the second one. Yep. If, he, if you're there, then he's giving you the tools necessary to get through it. And he wants you to. He wants you to succeed. Yeah, because he's for us. Not against us. Yeah. It's a thing. It is a thing. And it just it makes you like realize God is not ever going to bring me into somewhere that's not for my good right and so when we know that we say this doesn't feel good but i know that god is good right so i just can trust him because he's been faithful right yeah good stuff good stuff all right well i think if you ever want to hear about second and third puberty just send me an email (laughs) (laughs) lord (laughs) Help this poor woman. <laughs> anyway, friends, we will, uh, we, yeah, we'll take up this conversation on another night. But uh, it's been, it's been a blast. If you have any feedback for us, of course, we're always available for that. Um, and yeah, I think you've had all your final words. I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna trust you with that's anymore. Just, it's too late. It's too. My filter is left. We can't. Don't Her trust filter it. has left the building. It's no longer here. All right, friends. Remember, God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. We'll catch you guys next time.